Hour number two on this snowy Thursday. Going to be a snowier Friday. Getting us ready for the weekend. Packers game day coming up on Sunday. You've got a wild card weekend beginning on Saturday. Looking forward to all of it. All of it. you got headlines being made everywhere right now. And we'll get you uh, we'll get you some of it, some snippets of it. But right now, Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft are speaking. Uh, Bill Belichick making the announcement that they have uh, agreed to part ways. Agreed to part ways. Uh, I was listening to a little bit of it here at the top and Bill Belichick thanking everybody in the organization and then obviously getting to the players and saying it's the players that win championships, it's the players that win games, and uh, so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, trying to kind of go through the the litany of people that have worked in the organization that, you know, uh, have, have helped him and uh, to create what they've created there in New England. And uh, you got to figure without, you know, you go back to the, the old stadium they had in Foxborough prior to Gillette and Belichick and the success and Brady and Bledsoe and company, they all were a part of that, uh, you know, getting all of that done with Robert Kraft and the acquisition of the property and building it to, to the franchise that it is today. So uh, it is it, it is interesting uh, because it is the end of an era in New England. And on a day in which you have Nick Saban, you know, the day after he announces he, by the way, the Nick Saban thing, and I'm going to get into in, in Tim's call here in just a second, because Tim had given us a call for those who are just joining us at the top of the hour that are just joining us on the network. Uh, we had a caller named Tim that gave me a few thoughts uh, before we went to the top of the hour and we come back into this. So there's, there's a lot of this stuff going on right now. We've got a lot of things that are very, very fluid. And we heard from Matt LaFleur. We want to talk about the Packers, obviously, but it was interesting yesterday. Did you see Grant? That Nick Saban, an hour before he walked down the hall and said, I'm done, was interviewing assistants. I love that. I love it so and, much. Hell an yeah. hour before he was done, he was interviewing assistants and walked down the hall and said, that, I, I, I can't do it. I'm done. And that he made his decision then because of the NIL. That's one of the reasons he's retiring. Uh, I was reading that. Uh, I uh, might have been ESPN or it might have been on CBS. But basically saying, I, we can't do this. Th- th- this is broken. And now whether it's some will say, well, you can't compete in the NIL, you know, with guys shuffling in and out of the portal and guys playing for one year and then taking off to another. It's like you can't plan your program. But, uh, yeah, he was interviewing – he was interviewing uh, assistants to fill out his staff an hour before he walked down the hall and said, I can't do this anymore. I remember, and when, when I just read that, I remember Ron Wolf when Ron Wolf decided to retire. And I had a great conversation with Ron. And uh, I, I said, what was the tipping point for you? You know, was it the age? Or you were just satisfied? You had accomplished everything you wanted to accomplish? He said, no. I said, what was it? He said, when I had to walk down the hall and talk to Andrew Brandt about whether or not I could get a player. I said, what do you mean? He said, was it salary cap? He said, I, he said it used to be you could just go down the hall and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get this guy. I see a guy, I want to trade for him, to trade a couple players, or I'm going to pick this guy up uh, you know, out of free agency, and I'm just going to go get him. And then when the salary cap came in, you had to start thinking about prorated bonuses and signing bonuses and what could and couldn't be counted against the salary cap and how you had to figure out the money. And he's like, I was just a general manager that wanted to find the best talent for the team, guys to fill in specific holes. And when I had to go down and ask permission 
from Andrew Brandt as to whether or not I could even talk to this guy. He said that, that was it. That was my determining factor. It was like some old school guys, and I hate to say it that way, but old school guys, you grow up in a certain way of doing things. And you adapt and you adapt and you adapt and you adapt to the point where you're like, this is, this is crazy. You need to turn it over to somebody who's more, who's grown up in this system as opposed to me adapting to this system. And I get the sense that that's what Saban was going through. Saban's probably like, what is this? I got, one day I got a guy, the next day I don't. It's no longer a four-year commitment. You're recruiting a guy out of a portal for, you know, to come in and fill a hole for, you know, eight months and then he's gone. And then, oh, by the way, if he comes in, you got to get him so much money. It it was, it, there was, it, it's a, it's a kind of, kind of a younger man's game. I hate to put it that way because the game of football, the X's and O's of football have not passed either of these guys by. They are as smart as, if not smarter than the average bear, without a doubt. It is all the semantics that go on, go along around the game that you have to manage. Um. So Nick Saban, yeah, interviewing assistants an hour before his last interview. He took the interview, sat in his office, they said, walked down the hall and said, I'm done. That's a remarkable insight. I I really want to believe, and I was listening to some national radio last night, some other podcasts, because I, I just wanted some Saban content. I wanted to hear what people were saying about him and you know the different ways in which people were paying tribute and and some people hinted, like, this doesn't make any sense. There's got to be something going on. He wouldn't just up and retire out of nowhere, right? Yeah. He'd want some attention or he'd want some pageantry to it. Part of me just wants to believe that Nick Saban, unlike Mike Krzyzewski, was always about the kids, was always about the football, and his time came to retire, and he said, screw it, all right, I'm done, and I'll help you find my replacement, but I don't need a year-long retirement right. tour, and I don't need to do all of the things. I hope that's the case, and it's not some yeah. health issue or, or some other reason that, that caused this to happen so abruptly. Yeah, no, I and I wondered why, too, because I thought after that game, there was a lot of talk about him and his staff and about who he may and may not get and what the portal was going to bring. And and then when all of a sudden last night we're setting up for the huddle and, you know, you heard some people at the bar go, oh, my God, you know, and I looked up and there it is. Nick Saban announced he's going to retire. And I'm like, wow, that's uh, that's kind of amazing. And Oh, so Bill Belichick spoke. Robert Kraft spoke, and that's it. Eight minutes. And they both left the podium. They shook hands and walked away. They they agreed, by the way, details on this. It's not a press conference. Robert Kraft is going to do an actual press conference to take questions later today. But this was a substitute for putting out a, a written statement. So instead of putting out yeah. a, a formal statement, they just wanted to speak, not take any questions. So that's what this was. Yeah. So that was it. Eight minutes worth of both guys speaking and basically saying it's been great working together. The championships have been awesome. The dynasty is awesome. And that's it. Interesting. And you know what? Kudos to Robert Kraft. And kudos to Bill Belichick, because we all know he can be kind of testy. Kudos to both of them for, for being able to stand up, take the questions, not take the questions, but give the statements, say thank you, Show a united front because you know Bill Belichick's going to be brought back. He's if he's not already, he's going to be put in their ring of honor. He is going to go into the Hall of Fame. It is going to be a Patriots weekend in Canton. Uh, he is going to come back with the gold jacket on. There's going to be a lot of emotion. He's going to get a lot of hugs. They're going to bring out all the Super Bowl trophies. He's going to get a lot of that. 
But, uh, yeah, it's uh, very interesting. Only eight minutes worth. So hopefully hopefully we're able to kind of play that back for you because I, I, I didn't get a chance to hear it all. I heard Bill's opening statement, and that was probably the most animated I've seen Bill Belichick in a long time. But. So I'll, I'll get you the Belichick audio. We can listen to some of it coming back. Can I say one more thing on Saban? And I yeah. don't mean to talk yeah. your ear off. If he no. got tired out by the NIL, I think he's got a good leg to stand on. Honestly, I, I think Nick Saban has a, a genuine frustration. It's like, wait a minute. I've been doing this for 17 years at Bama. And I read this last night and I checked it. Every player that Saban brought in that played at least four years for him won a title. Saban put how many guys into the NFL, made how many guys into NFL, brought them in as prospects, shaped them into great players and men, sent them into the NFL. If anyone, I I think, held up what college football used to be, it's like, we're going to bring you in here, give you an education, move you on. Saban did that, I think, better than anybody. So if Saban wants to bitch about how, well, now we got to treat these guys like free agents, we had it good before. I I honestly think Saban can say that because I think he got the most out of his guys and really provided... A, a service and this great mentorship program for so many men and they all had success under him. So I could yeah. see why he's got a little bit of a gripe of, of kneeling, needing to deal with all this crap now. Right. No, I, I, I would agree. I, I said this when the whole NIL thing started and you started to hear about some of these contracts when I first heard and where I really got a dose of the NIL was when I got wind that Ryan day was going before the business committee, the business community. They have a, a business leadership group in, in Columbus, Ohio, and was asking, and this was a couple years ago, was for asking for $13 million uh, outside of what they already donate so he could go get good players. And I thought, wow, that that's not what this was meant to do. This was meant to basically give. The argument was that – players, athletes in college, not just football players, but all of them, that you were at a distinct disadvantage because of the commitment you had to the game. Now, you were getting a scholarship, don't get me wrong. You're not walking away with $120,000 worth of debt. But you also were not allowed to get a job. You, you, you know, If you had anything to do with a booster, somebody that could help you out, right place, right time, whatever, if you had anything, it was deemed inappropriate. Um, I, I gave the example of, you know, you could be a football player and you just, you know, leave the hall where you were working out and it's pouring down rain and a booster drives by and says, hey, I'll give you a ride. You know, where are you going? And you say, hey, I'm going to go a couple of miles up to the road to, to my girlfriend's house. And they give you a ride. Well, if somebody finds out about it, you're suspended. I mean, it, it, that's the, the rules by which you live. You couldn't do anything. Now, we all know everybody – got around rules and it it was never a broken rule until you got caught. But that's the kind of, you know, scrutiny you lived under. You couldn't, if anybody made money in any way, shape or form in the off season, you were scrutinized, man. Where'd you get your money? How'd you get it? What job did you do? How many hours did you work? I mean, it, it was crazy. And so what players were saying was, look, I can't go make enough money to support. I want to be able to get a pizza, a pitcher of beer, take a girl out, go to the movies, wash my clothes, you know, put gas in my car, just simple things. And if, you're, if your parents didn't have money, then you were, you were kind of left scrounging. You want to be able to do something. So they said, look, just pay us, you know, 200 bucks a week or, you know, whatever, just uh, some money. But the NCAA, in its stupidity, said, no, we're not giving up any money. Are you kidding me? We're not paying any of these people. 
They're getting an education. To hell with them. And that's when the lawsuits began to get filed. And it was really more so Johnny Manziel brought it to the forefront when he was talking about show me the money. And I wanted, you know, because he wanted, they wanted autograph signings. They wanted these guys to, and when they were really the boom of Madden, the boom of all the different video games, putting their likenesses on these video games, but these guys aren't getting a dime out of that. That was it. That was it. When when the NCAA is signing these big contractual deals and then they sign the NCAA tournament for over a billion dollars and said, we don't have any money to pay the players, that was when the players went, okay, you're full of crap and we're going to do our own thing. So that's when they kicked down the door. And that's when the NIL became real. And the court cases started to fall. And the NCAA was getting beat. And they were conceding, saying, hey, if you think you can go get money, go get money. You know, you can use your name, image, and likeness, but you cannot use the team itself. Okay, that's fine. So star players started getting money. And then when you all of a sudden now you look and you got a 12-year-old making $5 million. He was already making money. He was signed by, I believe it was Adidas, uh, some kid in Texas, some little peewee football player, and already signed a deal for $5 million down in Texas. And this is not what this was meant to be. So when you've got guys entering the portal, when they open that thing up, and guys are saying, how much am I going to make? How much are you, who, how you going to pay me to come there as opposed to stay here, you know? And, yeah, it was – it's crazy. It's great. Pac fans says, is that a real story? Yeah, that is. That was a couple years ago when this whole first – when this whole thing opened up. Absolutely. Yeah. There was a, a, a seventh grader that got paid $5 bucks, and I think there was a kid in California. It was either California or Arizona. I think it was like a five, five or $6 million deal as well with uh, Gatorade. And the kids actually, I think he's in now. Now it's a couple years later, but I think he's actually in some of their Gatorade commercials. But yeah, it's crazy. Breaking crazy news. Kind of, yeah. This is all, this is all related. This is all tied together. So Dan Lanning was in Tuscaloosa reportedly last night. The Oregon coach. They were after him, and and he was their preferred uh-huh. coach. He posted a video, his personal account, uh, sixteen minutes ago that had some highlights and then a couple statements saying, "Hey, if you're scared that the coach is going to leave, come play here. I'm not going anywhere." So is is that his way of saying he's not going to Bama? I would assume. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Do you think he? Yeah. Oh God, would... now it's any. Well, you already saw. Uh, was it the wide receiver or running back just decommitted the minute the announcement came out? Yeah, he decommitted. Yeah. So did he turn down Bama, or did 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 Bama decide they don't want him? How did that come to? Well, I'm sure we'll learn, but. I, don't know. I didn't expect to see that today. I thought Dan Lanning was going to be coaching Bama, and it was going to come together within 24 hours, and just uh-huh. like that, he'd be gone from Oregon like it always happens. Um, Jeff says uh, the running back from Ole Miss now going to Ohio State uh, signed a deal $7.5 million to go to Ohio State. Yeah. Yep. That's why this whole thing with college athletics and co- college football specifically, it's just going to become its own entity. It's it's going to be out of the 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 arms of the NCAA, and they're going to have to figure something out, some kind of governing body to watch over this thing, because this has just become professional sports. It's just uh, it's basically uh, collegiate athletics with our pride in our schools, but it's it's the minor league system for for the NFL. That's it. There, there's nothing more to it than that. I mean, you're still going to have to go out as a coach. Here's the thing. You not only have to go out and recruit, because you do have to find players that aren't going to be making money. You know, there's going to be guys that are just in it for the for the education. So you're going to get that. But in addition to that, then you also have to find the star players that you're going to have to continue to bid on 
which I would assume that there's going to be more and more jobs within athletic departments created just for this, just for this. And, you know, we talked about that a while ago when, uh, you know, Luke Fickle first came here. He's like, first thing we got to do is upgrade our scouting department when it comes to in our admissions department and such when it comes to the NIL and when it comes to, you know, finding these characters all over all over the country. So it's it's a Pandora's box that uh, is right now just running wild and they've got to figure out a way to kind of wrap their arms around it. Uh, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back. we got a lot to get to. Still, in regards to all this, we'll hear from Bill Belichick when we come back. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. days you you okay you doing okay uh if you're not and uh, you're one of the many that i saw on the side of the road over the last couple of days traveling back and forth to lacrosse or maybe you've had a fender bender in your area great place one collision county line and i know a lot of body shops are advertising right now just for the fact that you know there's more and more accidents out there because of the weather but uh, these guys and girls did a fantastic job on my vehicle. I was involved in a bit of a fender bender, um, I don't know, about six months ago. And uh, the, the process itself was what was most impressive. The fact that not only did they take the car in, they got it in on time, but then they text you every step of the way. They'll let you know if parts are ordered. They'll let you know if it's in paint. They'll let you know when the body work's done. They'll let you know when you can pick it up. Uh, and then when I got it, it was pristine. Like, it just rolled off the showroom floor. Uh, it was it was fantastic. It was a great experience. Uh, I actually did a little tiny stint for a short period of time, early, early, early on in my career, working uh, with body shops. And uh, this place, um, it's a lot different from what it was when I did it, or at least uh, was walking around body shops, but man, what a, what a tremendous place. One collision County line in Menominee Falls. If you're within the sound of my voice, anywhere in the Milwaukee area, the five County area, or even outside of it for that matter, uh, give them a call. 262-251-1700. They work with all insurance companies as well. 262-251-1700. They are state of the art. State of the art does not mean more expensive too. That's the best part about it. State of the art does not mean more expensive. It just means they're good. Uh, but one collision County line, Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, 262-251-1700. Again, 262-251-1700. you got to give them a call. They, they did a, a terrific job on my vehicle. Um, do we have Bill Belichick? No, no good Belichick audio yet? Okay. I, I have a clip of him. It's about 40 seconds, and it's just him reflecting on his time in New England. It's, I think it's pretty nice if you want to hear it. Okay, let's take a listen to Bill Belichick as he uh, announces today that he and the uh, New England Patriots are parting ways team and uh it's with um just so many fond memories and and uh thoughts that i you know think about the patriots and and i'll always be a patriot i look forward to coming back here uh but at this time uh you know we're gonna we're gonna move on and um i look forward and excited for the future 
um, but always very, very appreciative of the opportunity here, the support here, uh, and you know, the, what Robert, what you've done for me. Thank you. Robert Crafton, when they were done, said, I'm not going to yeah. kiss him because he's got a cold. There were some funny one-liners in here. <laughs> when uh, when Belichick stepped up to the podium, he said, I haven't seen this many cameras since we signed Tebow. <laughs> which, uh, wow. Which was funny. That, yeah, that's a great comment. Um, it, it sounded like Bill was a little emotional, knowing that this was the end of the era in, uh, in New England. Thanks, uh, thanking Robert Kraft, but obviously it's coming to an end. Now, here's the thing with Bill Belichick. Uh, he does not need to sit down and go, okay, there's six or seven jobs opening. Uh, what am I going to take? It, that's not what he has to do. Much like when Brady left, he can now sit back and kind of survey the playing field because there may be a team or two this weekend that fires a head coach and says, hey, look, if I've got my druthers between this guy and Bill Belichick, I might go in the Bill Belichick mode. If Belichick's going to be chasing victories, which is what we want, and he can then come in with, say, an assistant head coach who he can groom in his mode, so to speak, could he be the guy to really kind of launch my program into the next decade, and where might he go? So Belichick's going to have his choice when it comes to what he wants to do, where he wants to go. So... He, uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, there was a uh, um, a shot that over all the other teams in the National Football League in the same period of time, there have been 213 different coaches hired and fired, and in New England, they've had one. That's that's sustained success, big time. But the one thing that we've all learned, specifically here in our own backyard, I mean, if you go back to the Lombardi era, nothing's forever. Nothing lasts forever. You know, Lombardi moved on. Brett Favre moved on. Aaron Rodgers moved on. Players move on. Coaches move on. Nothing is forever. The machine continues to churn. And whether you think it, you know, chews you up and spits you out, or you just ride the wave for as long as you can until the wave, you know, crashes into the beach and just subsides, uh, either way, it's uh, it, nothing is forever, which is why Nick Saban is it, – it's ironic because he's had this unbelievable success, and yet he's able to say, I'm done. I'm going to go out on my terms. I'm not going to wait for this machine to continue to chew me up and spit me out, and then I'm going to fall fall further and further and further off. I mean – it's ridiculous to talk about, but during the, uh, the the run to the Final Four and then obviously the bowl championship and such, the talk of is this diminishing Nick Saban's legacy and all that kind of stuff. And, it, you know, we're a clickbait community at this point, and we live on the Internet. And we live for the, the minute rather than the life. And I, I can see Nick Saban going, what the hell are they talking about? I've had more championships. I'm, I'm Bear Bryant, for God's sakes. I'm legendary. What do you mean diminish my 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 capabilities here or something? You know, same. I'm sure Bill Belichick's looking at it the same way, going diminish my coaching stature. Oh my God, I I was the modern day Lombardian star with with Tom Brady. I what, what do you mean diminish me? 
So Bill Belichick still has something to prove, and I got to think that if he wasn't chasing the record for the most uh, wins as a head coach, he probably walks away from the game. But Nick Saban looked at it and went, I, I don't need this. I'm done with this. This is aggravation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become an analyst. I'm going to give my thoughts. I'm going to smile a lot. I'm going to go back to making my Aflac commercial, commercials with Coach Prime, and uh, I'm going to relax. Uh, I'm going to go see my wife for the first time in 40-something years or something like that. So anyway, but uh, a monumental day in the world of sports, specifically in the world of head coaches. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, that's the uh, number to do so, 877-867-1670. You can also find us uh, over on Twitter, on Instagram. You can watch the program on YouTube, uh, and you can email the program, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. When we come back, I want to get back into it. I My matchup to watch in this upcoming Packers-Cowboys game, and I, I – I thought a lot about this, and we talked a little bit about it in the first hour of the program. But I, when I, when I think about what the matchups are, you can talk about you know Christian Watson coming back or Romeo Dobbs, or maybe you know you look at a guy like Jair on C.D. Lamb, and we can get into all of that. But really, I think the matchup to me to circle is going to be Rasheed Walker, even Zach Tom, depending on if they flip flop him or not against uh, Micah Parsons. That's it, uh, because the statistics are there. If, if Jordan Love does not get a ton of pressure, doesn't have to run a whole lot of off-script stuff, uh, his numbers are monumental, and he can move this football team up and down the field almost at will. But if he's under a lot of pressure, it does drop the numbers quite significantly. And I think if uh, you're going to look at a matchup, it's going to be Rasheed Walker and Micah Parsons. Give me what you think when we come back. Stick around. We've got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show upcoming. Hey, if you are uh, heading down to the Bucks game tonight, got an idea for you. Before the game uh, and before the snow flies tomorrow, get, uh, get over to Calderon Club or San Giorgio. Go over, sit down, enjoy an Italian meal before you go over to the Bucks game and just sit back, relax, and hopefully enjoy a, a, a Bucks resurgence in some way, shape, or form because God knows they need to get their stuff together. But Calderon Club, San Giorgio, both places you cannot go wrong. They're right next to each other on Old World 3rd Street, just a couple of blocks from the Fiserv. You can walk over to the Fiserv after you you know walk off the meal a little bit if you want to. But uh, both places are absolutely awesome, and uh, Gino's such a great guy. Uh, go say hi to Gino down there. Owns both of them. Calderon Club in San Giorgio, 838 Old World 3rd Street, downtown Milwaukee. More of the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. to have you back hey today happy thursday it's trivia night at curly's waterfront sports bar and grill and they've got a pair of milwaukee bucks tickets and admirals tickets to give away tonight uh, kurt is going to be there testing all your knowledge 7 30 tonight and it's double day today's special spaghetti and meatballs they also have sliders tonight full menu wide open and a two dollar uh, happy hour from three to six so uh, plenty of reasons to check out our friends at curly's waterfront sports bar and grill over there on Pewaukee Lake on Lakeview Boulevard, great place. Uh, f- just a fun place. I got to get back. I haven't been in there in a while. I got to get in there. But uh, check out Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill and uh, and get over there tonight. They have got trivia night tonight. 
going on. And you may, this may be one of your only opportunities unless you're one of those people that just go out no matter what the weather is. But tomorrow is supposed to get kind of nasty. But uh, stop over to Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Roll. Uh, speaking of places to go, a reminder coming up on Sunday, we are going to have the watch party. The Green and Gold Postgame Show is going to be live from a Nice Ash Cigar Bar. We're going to be downtown Waukesha, 323 West Main Street. Come on by and say hello. We're going to have a great time. And uh, we're going to watch the game together, maybe have a little food down there together, support some of the local businesses, and then after that, we're going to break it all down. Hopefully, we're talking about the advancement of the Green Bay Packers, the upset, shocking the world, if you will, when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. But that's where we're going to be at uh, the Nice Ash Cigar Bar coming up uh, this weekend. And uh, doors open up at noon, and the game gets underway at 3.30, 3.30 with the Green and Gold Postgame Show immediately following, immediately following. There you go. Uh, let's do this. Uh, Jordan Love, uh, talk to the media. I want you to take a listen to what Jordan Love had to say. Here's what he had to say. Stenner, last week, what he's been most impressed with with your growth this season, one of the things he said was your ability to handle pressure. I know Clements has talked about hitting the check down quicker. We've been talking. So now it's third and eight at the end of the game, and you get pressure, and you hit fine Tucker. Is that maybe the culmination of – kind of your growth in, in, in one play there, kind of being able to handle the pressure the way you did and, and get quickly for 15 yards? Uh, yeah, you can say that. Um, you know, obviously that's something that I've worked at um, and, you know, just got a better feel of where I need to go with the ball. But I think that more than anything, that's what it is, is just having answers versus pressure, knowing where to go, um, and just getting the ball to the playmakers. Um, so I think if anything, it's just having answers. Um yeah, uh, I think that's that's definitely something that I've improved in my game and uh, got to keep trying to improve on to always have those answers and uh, be able to take advantage of what defense is going to do. How do you process that play? Is that a pre-snap thing? Okay, you see the or, or I guess they're only bringing four, right? So yeah, they don't. Yep. In, the middle, in the middle of the play, you just where's my check down? How do you, how do you process that? Yeah, I mean it's just playing the play out. Um, you know, we had a, a dagger concept on the front side, a dig on the back side, and uh, um, you know, just kind of felt the opening in the pocket, moved through it. Um, and, you know, Tucker was able to find that space, and he did a really good job on that play, just finding the space, and, um, you know, it was able to throw him open kind of into that void. But, uh, yeah, it's just, like I said, it's just having a feel of the, the play, what the defense has given to me, um, and, and finding the best answer for it. Jordan, did, did Aaron do anything leading up to a playoff game that you noticed that, that you can use, or was there anything at all that you learned from him about how to coach this uh, no, I mean, I really don't think there's anything you change. Um, I think you keep the main thing the main thing. Um, just stay dialed in and locked into the process of what uh, I do, what everybody in the locker room does to get themselves ready. But um, I'm a believer. I, I feel like you don't change anything. Just keep keep doing what you're doing. What was that? Just to follow up on Rob with Aaron, did Aaron ever tell you anything about his first playoff game and hit the first one he had? Uh, no, I don't. I'm not sure if we've ever talked about it. Um, you know, I don't know what his first playoff game was, so. Um, I was just curious. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think we, we ever talked about it. It was 51-45 overtime at Arizona. At Arizona? Yeah, I don't think we ever talked about that one. Dallas looks like the, maybe the most experienced team we've played this season. You, know, you, you played four quarters against Kansas City. Is that something that this team can draw on for this game Sunday? Yeah, um, like you said, I mean, they're a really good team, um, really good defense, so definitely one of the best defenses we've seen all year. Um, but, I mean, yeah, like you said, going back to the Kansas City game, Detroit, I mean, those are two games we played really good defense as well. So um, just having that mindset, we got to play our best ball. Um, and obviously going to the playoffs, the mindset, you know, um, you know, the, the room for um, 
errors, you know, shrinks. You know, we got to be able to take advantage of every play, execute every play, um, and be able to play at a high level going against them because um, they do a really good job. Your young receivers, Wicks, Reed, Melton, really have stepped up since, particularly since Christian's gone down. From your perspective, how have they been able to kind of perform, have shown maturity beyond their years to perform the way they have? Yeah, uh, they're taking advantage of what they're, the opportunity they got, um, and they're just trying to go out there and make the most of that, um, and they're doing a really good job of it. But um, I think for them, too, I mean, it's the same thing I said. Uh, their process hasn't changed, you know, from being a backup, being on scout team. Um, you know, they show up every day, work, um, are in there watching film, knowing what they need to do just in case they do get thrown in there on offense. So um, I don't think, you know, anything's changed with those guys. Um, you know, they're stepping up for the role they have, um, and they're doing the same thing they were doing when they were on scout team. Just, But now it's, you know, they're getting more reps and taking advantage of the opportunity. Where did you get the idea to have guys over at your house on Monday nights? How did you arrive at that? And did you get the inspiration from anywhere else, or was it just kind of your idea? Yeah, no, I think that's always been something that I've wanted to do. I mean, I've seen other guys do it before. Um, having guys over, things like that. So um, it's definitely not anything I just created on my own. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just thought it would be cool um, to get everybody over on the offense, try and do that, um, and just you know be able to do something outside of um, being in here. What kind of stuff are you catering, catering in on those nights? Oh, man, we, we have a good little spread. We get uh, some chicken, um, you know, lamb chops, mac and cheese, um, cornbread, rice, veggies. So it's a good little spread. When did you yeah. start? Uh, like halfway through, I, I, I know Bo said I do it every Monday, but we, 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 don't, we definitely don't do it every Monday. I've done it a couple times, um, but, you know, I, like halfway through the season, just, uh, yeah. How do you do attendance-wise? Uh, it's pretty good. We get most of the guys on offense. Um, you know, it's an open invite to everybody on offense, and um, there's been a couple of defense guys that have heard about it and, and came through, but uh, something that I want to, you know, grow going on in the future, be able to build that and try and get everybody over, but, uh, yeah, uh, most guys show up. Do you, want, do you want to look at the previous game, or are you focused on the next game? Watch some tape. Oh, we. I mean, we usually watch the game on Monday night, that uh, the NFL game that's on. So, uh, yeah, whatever game is on, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Whenever so not every Monday. About how many times have you done this? We've done it twice. Oh, just yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've done it twice. Yeah. Whenever you uh, this off season does begin, <laughs> whether it's next week or after the Super Bowl. Do you plan on having guys out to, to throw to in Southern California? In the offseason? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Definitely will try and do that again. Um, and like you said, just keep trying to build on that, get more guys out. Um, but, yeah. How much do you appreciate the playoff history between the two organizations, between the Packers and Cowboys? And, like, how much do you, do you know much about it? Or? Yeah, no, I've heard a, a lot about it this week. Um, you know, just the past couple of years, how many times they've played down there in Dallas. And, um, obviously, you know, the record that Green Bay has down there. So, um, I've definitely heard a lot about it um, and excited to, uh, to to play in this game. This, this team full of young guys has had to go through everything once. Having gone through the atmosphere in Minnesota, that was a win to get in for them too. Played very well that night. How important do you think that is going into what the atmosphere is going to be like Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I think the past couple of weeks, um, that's been the mindset of the team. You know, we've had to win every game going forward to, to be able to put ourselves in this position. So um, I think we've had a couple opportunities to, to be in this position, um, you know, kind of have that pressure on us to, to win, to get in. So um, you know, I think that's been a good thing for us. Um, I feel like we've been in this position. Um, obviously, now stakes are a little bit higher um, in the playoffs. So, um, But I, I think we've been here. Um, we have the right mindset going forward. Here. How important is momentum and just getting hot at the right time, especially coming off these last few weeks? Yeah, I mean, I think that plays a big part in it. Um, you know, I think, like I said, we've been playing uh, 
some of our best ball. We've been getting better every week um, and have won some important games that we've had to win these past couple weeks. So, um, you know, I think we're rolling right now and we're going to carry that momentum going forward in the playoffs. You just with the way Aaron Jones has been rolling, how much has that opened up the passing game and maybe vice versa, the way that you've been rolling, how much has that opened up things for the run game? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we, we've been playing well off each other, but I think, uh, you know, just with him back in that run game, he's, he's made some huge plays, um, opened up the, the run game in an explosive way. Um, and obviously, I think it's been helping the past game, just open things up um, and, and, you know, make the defense try and cover uh, both the run and the pass. So I think it's awesome having him out there. He's been doing a really good job. The O-line has been doing a really good job. So, um, but I think it's, uh, it's helping us play, you know, complimentary ball with the run and the pass uh, and, and tie things in, make things look like each other. Um, so, yeah. George, does any team move a key rusher as much as they move Micah around? Has any team deployed that kind of strategy? Uh, no, I can't really say we've, we've seen um, anything like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, to that point, I think they do a really good job trying to put him in the best position um, to go win, and they move him all over the place. So um, he's definitely a guy that we gotta we got to know where he's at. we got to be able to track him throughout the game. But, um, yeah, I think they do a good job just mixing up the looks um, and, yeah, trying to put him in the best position to be successful. When you, look at, when you look at what you guys have done on the road this season, you've had a lot of games that came down to, you know, a crunch time drive, and I know they didn't all go your way, mm -hmm. but just – being in those situations several times on the road and as young as these guys are, like, how much do you think that could matter on Sunday? Uh, yeah, I mean, it could come up huge. Um, you know, I think those are all areas that we've had to go through um, and, you know, lose a couple games um, and, and, and not finish and find a way to win those games to, to be able to understand just how important all those um, plays are. Um, and, and just how important the execution is for everything and that, that margin for error, um, how small that is. But um, I think, you know, just going through those um, games and, and losing some close ones have um, helped us going forward and, and just, like I said, understanding how close that is, um, how we got to capitalize on every opportunity we have um, to get over that hump to win those games. Do you think there's an advantage to being the youngest team heading into the playoffs? Um, I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know. Um, you know, I think... Uh, Going for, I mean, I think we've got a great team, um, and I think everyone's excited for the opportunity we have. Um, obviously, we got a lot of guys in the locker room have, who have experienced being in the playoffs, um, things like that, and then we have a lot of guys that haven't. So um, I, I don't think any of that will, will play a part in it going forward. I think everyone's going to be ready to go come Sunday. Are you one of six black quarterbacks in the playoffs this year? I guess a record or close to it. Just from your perspective, what does that say just for the progress that's been made? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, you know, it's definitely something that I'm proud of to be a part of, um, you know, and it's I think it's awesome um, just the way everybody's playing in the league right now because um, uh, it's definitely been something that, you know, growing up, um, you know, there wasn't as many black quarterbacks, and I was able to look up to the, the ones that there were. So uh, to be able to see more and more black quarterbacks in the NFL and playing at a high level, I think it's awesome. Jordan, when did it set in that you guys were playoff bound? Was it the final kneel, kneel down? Was it the celebration? Was it driving home? Well, you say it again, sorry? When did it set in for you that you guys were in the playoffs? Oh, yeah. I think, uh, you know, that huge uh, third down to Tucker, um, him converting that right there, I think that one uh, sealed the deal for us, and we knew we were going to get it. And then obviously uh, Aaron Jones having that crucial uh, run to get that first down at the end just solidified it right there. So, um, yeah, I think I think really the, the Tucker catch with the Aaron Jones run really uh, solidified it. You just want to make these NFC Offensive Player of the Week awards a habit now? And try to. If not me, somebody in, in the offense, uh, for sure. In all seriousness, though, if you would have been told in September, yeah, you're 
your season's going to end with back-to-back. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that would that would have been awesome to hear that back then. But uh, I think it would just show that you know we're moving in the right direction. Um, you know, I'm improving my game. Everyone around me is improving their game. But uh, yeah, I think that would be awesome to to just know we're moving in the right direction. Um, like I said, we've had a couple of tough weeks. Um, hasn't always been easy. Um, but uh, to, yeah, I, I think it's just a sign that we're moving in the right direction. That's some. There you go. That's uh, Jordan Love. Back-to-back NFC uh, Offensive Player of the Week. Fantastic. But now everything gets elevated going into the gaming in, in Dallas. Uh, the wild card weekend coming up. 3.30 kickoff down in Big D. And some interesting stuff, obviously, you know, with uh, getting everybody back, the full complement of guys. It's sometimes the embarrassment of riches is not the best of things. You uh, kind of, you know, stick with what got you there. And you want to see how they're going to indoctrinate Christian Watson back into the mix and such. And, what packages they're going to open up, and what plays they're going to specifically design for him and what may and may not happen uh, throughout. So, you know, just I'm excited. Uh, I, I, I've i got this nervous trepidation, but I'm excited for the game coming up this weekend. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't have nervousness at all, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, because this is, like I said all along, this is playing with house money, but you still have this hope that uh, that your team wins, so. Hoping they do. Uh, let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. we got a lot more to get to, uh, almost two hours down, and we'll have two hours yet to go. This portion of the program brought to you by the gang over at Social House, H-A-U-S, in Menominee Falls on Lisbon Road. And I have been hankering and craving for a Tiger Burger. At some point, I'm going to get over there this weekend. I absolutely positively promise. i got to get over there because I've just been craving it. I was craving it again last night, but going to head over to the Social House. they got a whole new menu, but always just a great place to go. Fun people to see. Even if it's for you know breakfast on Sunday morning, before you come out and see us, go to Social House. Stop over and see them and then come down and hang out with us down at Nice Ash and Waukesha. They're not that far apart. Swing by and say hello. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. When I think of Lorelei, my head out around. gentle as a butterfly, she moves without a sound. I call her on the telephone, she sends me help my Good to have you back, man. I'll tell you what. Like an oasis in the desert. <laughs> or a quick trip in a snowstorm. Oh, my goodness. Heading out and back last night, for that matter. Uh, man, when you uh, you get a chance to get off the white knuckler and you're cruising up and down the highway and the roads are nasty and all you want to do is just, you, you just think, just get the quick trip. I can go in. I can get some of the comfort food. I can relax for a minute. I can breathe. That's what I did. And uh, you can go, by the way, when you walk into the quick, I was at the, the quick trip in, uh, I stopped at the one in the Dells, right there by the Kalahari. First of all, that place is gorgeous, huge. But you walk in and you're like, oh, chicken. You can just smell it. The chicken tenders, they've got them on special right now, nine ninety nine every Wednesday. So last night coming home, I grabbed me some. I grabbed me some. That's right. Uh, not that I was munching while I was in the car because you couldn't. Uh, because of the snow, but it was good to get home and then had them for breakfast this morning, which was awesome. But they've got all kinds of good things going on right now. Nature's Touch Milk, two ninety nine a gallon. Skim, 1%, 2%. 
made right in La Crosse, Wisconsin, where I was last night. Love my friends at Quick Trip. And uh, whether it's the chicken, whether it's ordering ahead, there's plenty of different. Uh, just as today, a special came across my phone, as a matter of fact, where I can get 50 cents off a gallon of gas with the Order Ahead app. you got to find all the details in the stores. Go to the app. Download it if you don't have it already. But it is awesome. That's our friends at Quick Trip. Love Quick Trip. Love it! Uh, and they have a pretty, wink, wink, wink. They got a pretty cool promotion coming up for the summertime. I found out. Liking it. Liking it. Can't wait for that as well. We got two hours down. We got two hours yet to go. Hang in there. We got a whole lot more of the Bill Michaels Show. I want to know your key matchups coming up for this game, coming up this weekend. Also, don't forget to join us this weekend down at Nice Ash for a watch party and the Green Gold Postgame Show. Stay tuned. We got more. Bill Michaels Show continues right after this.